what's what what's rich <laughs> that's rich you are listening to the that's uh, rich podcast with me daniel McKeown. uh i'm rory god that was so alpha <laughs> <I'm> Rory <laughs> Kelly. Um, this is your one-stop shop for the fabulous the feral and the fantastically evil world of rich people and everything that they do when they stockpile way too much money how rory how are you doing today i'm all right you know um i did a great walk up the back today just a little just one of my classic laps of the garden <laughs> felt so alive <laughs> your energy makes it seem like you're just pacing up and down the garden that's exactly <laughs> what i do that's my that's oh, my cool. treat <laughs> tom moore style yeah. who tom moore captain tom oh yeah 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 oh yeah but how could you forget how could you forget what he did for this the nhs country? now get to like kill me and take my organs because i forgot who tom moore was yeah i mean not with his proficiency or commitment or charm or money but you know other than that <laughs> basically the <laughs> legs same. Were, legs were moving i will legs say that were much, indeed say. moving how are you doing i'm good yeah i'm good it's been you know uh quite an overwhelming week but uh, I'm I'm good. Yeah, it was my brother's birthday yesterday, so we oh, celebrated. Very nice. uh, uh, but if this is your first time listening, we kick off with our segment called Minor Royalties, where we talk about the little itsy bitsy things that the richest people in the world are doing, and then we have a topic or a figure that we focus on that one of us has prepared. What's really kicked off has been in America, obviously, after following the unlawful murder of uh, George Floyd. Uh, there's been just mass rioting, and different companies are seeing this as an opportunity to show just how wonderful and great they are. So, Rory, the way the game works is that I will read a a company's statement on the matter, and you tell me why it's kind of fucked up that they're <laughs> saying that and acting like they're not. Fuck yeah, okay, let's go, let's go. Uh, firstly, we have Amazon, who posted this on their Twitter. It reads, The inequitable and brutal treatment of black people in our country must stop. Together, we stand in solidarity with the black community, our employees customers and partners in the fight against this against systemic racism and injustice on paper it seems fine Rory, but what has amazon done <laughs> to invalidate this claim oh good question god this is a good game show and also really soul searching makes you really question uh, the values of this as all game sh- as all good game <laughs> shows do <laughs> um you know i have to off. say off the top of my head i don't know of any uh racial uh crimes say that amazon have committed uh i'm just gonna i'm gonna give you the answer that it's that jeff bezos recently became a trillionaire uh and that um of course the uh black community remains heavily deprived economically and that that is a source of a good deal of their woes um so that's my answer bezos is a trillionaire uh we'll take that i was gonna say that they make their workers piss in <laughs> bottles while he's a trillionaire as well they clearly don't care they're about just, you know they're, they're just generally employees. scum all their customers okay even. so it's they're just, yeah they're just it's just any hypocrisy like, i yeah, thought it might have been like you know a fulfillment a oh, fulfillment sorry, yes. sensor yeah, yeah, yeah. uh you know hired a mm-hmm. member of the clan to you yeah, know direct no, no, the whole it's we are uh, open. We are open okay. on the on the evils committed yeah. by huge companies. Um, Fuck those oh, people. And lest we forget, um, holy you know, shit, smearing the name of a uh, unionist who tried to expose their bad practices. Um, um, okay, one one point to you, Rory Kelly. Sweet. What do I What do I get if I if I you win? Get an Amazon gift card. <laughs> no, <I'm good. laughs> No, um, do I not get? Do I get racial justice? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you're already benefiting from it, so we can't give you that. Um, <laughs> Take it away, I suppose. Uh, L'Oreal Paris is up next. Ooh. L'Oreal posted on their Twitter as well, saying L'Oreal Paris stands in solidarity with the black community and against, against injustice of any kind. We are making a commitment to the NAACP to support progress in the fight for justice. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Rory, why is L'Oreal Paris not doing what they're saying? Um, another good one. L'Oreal. Do L'Oreal sell... Okay, here's my... This is going to be a shot in the dark. I know this is true of other companies. Do L'Oreal perhaps sell skin lightening cream? Do they do that? As I know for a fact that Dove do in uh, certain Asian countries where having uh, light skin is considered a, a moral virtue. I do want to give you a point for that. I, I don't know. Our point was actually for the infamous firing of Monroe Bergdorf, the oh, uh, fuck me, yeah. black woman who stated that all white people benefit from racism and was fired from the campaign <laughs> about three years ago. Fuck me, for saying... Oh, that's so good. Oh, for fuck saying me. That, that racism for say, benefits white people. And for and saying the thing they're people. now saying years later once it's become popular and amid popular pressure. That's a good one. That just shows how fucking recent all this shit is. And, frankly and, disgusting of them to say that, to stand up there and be like, just because it's... I want hot news to be exactly like, oh, yeah trending topics right because so, yeah. it has a little fucking uh, special hashtag symbol on Twitter so it's get so the um, get the fucking media team on that why don't we just fucking copy and paste the thing we fired that one woman for saying into a tweet and release that why not and and pushed her into a media storm as well that was like hounded her on the this, it's, it's 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 just it's despicable. Um, that's amazing i'm a, tr- a tresemme guy through and through oh personally. absolutely well because i, I give it i also give a else. shit about my hair so you know <laughs> 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 I, w- I don't want it to be dry and fucked because of l'oreal okay. um yeah i don't know what i'm saying really just that was just angering honestly so um uh so trump tweeted in uh incredibly coded like just fucking brutally racist language about when the looting starts yep. the shooting starts and, and calling calling the, the the black lives matter protesters thugs and stuff and just hits it and like cool and just sort of and and he did that and uh jack of twitter ownership um closed it down and then he's trying to shut down twitter but it seems it's not that easy to censor a dictator for every billionaire tech guy uh mark zuckerberg has been in, has had a very poor response um, after discussing have, whether or not to close down the post that he put on Facebook, including a repost of the original tweet that w- that uh, was removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Donald Trump had a phone call in which they discussed the matter, which is just fucking insane to me. This is literally talking about like awesome. this guy uh, is inciting hatred and violence. He's the most powerful guy in the world. Uh, should we should maybe talk about uh, taking that post down for hey and it's like okay let me just call him uh, and see what he <laughs> thinks yeah you know who you know who might have something to say about that is is the president <laughs> it's like yeah what what do you have to check um, what is in his words, Zuckerberg says, garbage I disagree strongly with how the president spoke about this but I believe people should be able to see this for themselves because ultimately accountability for those in positions of power can only happen when their speech is scrutinized out in the open if you want to talk about accountability for people in power Jesus. that is is your Christ. job that is your job <laughs> rating is not like only you can do so that when people are like going like oh 
in, in the first fucking like Harvard website had it's like oh Jenny's pretty fit and it's like no she's not and it's like it's not <laughs> the same it's not the same it's the most powerful man in the world absolutely and um, it's it's crazy anyway there was mass the the in 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 a sort of one off for, for Facebook there was a mass sort of rebellious yeah. response by Facebook employees tweeting their uh, disagreement with what the company's doing and feeling culpable and what happened. And that's real flame. And doing a, a digital walkout, as it's called. So that's real fucking nice. I just get so angry. I don't know who the fuck Mark Zuckerberg thinks he is. I really don't. I think he's... No, it's insane. He said before in fucking... That he would allow, like, fucking Holocaust deniers and, and, and clear mm. hate speech. Because I know, like, for them, they have to have this whole debate about, like, oh, well, if we start deciding what is and isn't hate speech, then we're on a slippery slope. This guy's fucking... A, a dictator that's what he fucking is saying i'm going you should gun yeah. <laughs> down people in the streets that is i'm going to kill yeah you should you using the right you know that uh if the looting when the looting starts the shooting starts is the dumbest most psychotic right-wing phrase from like 15 years ago like the worst people were saying that during katrina mm. right and obviously george bush was a nightmare too but it was it was the lunatic fringe of his wing of yeah. politics then saying and not even him and now the president is saying that it's it's crazy and also like i mean the one thing i get is that and and this is this has got nothing to do with what zuckerberg mm-hmm. actually said the problem is you kind of can't I, I mean this only from a functional matter you kind of can't no platform president of the united states right like he like he has he will always have a platform he will always have an audience but in a way that makes it even stupider because what is he talking about in terms of being able to see this and and decide for yourself if it's bad or not we're gonna see it anyway man like what are you talking mm-hmm. like you know all you're choosing is to make sure that you cozy up to the powerful as best you can so that they don't fucking tax you more it's, i mean it's, it's ridiculous it's, he wants he just wants to be unbelievably pathetic. he wants to be this state fucking news i think i think that's what he really yeah. wants and he talks about in these airy fairy ways yeah. about like the spread of information yeah. is like i think he has designs on trying to be this big global news proliferator mm. but at the same time like you know you already fucked up with the Russian bots before. Like, you missed that. And now, like, this is so much more obvious. Like, you... Yeah, and with Cambridge Analytica, yeah. and the, like, the fracturing of people. You're still in the doghouse. We're not uh, letting you see the kids yet, Mark, yeah, And you're exactly, still talking yeah. this shit. You're coming around and being, like... That's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Just moving away from it for a second. It does make me laugh, though. This this can't get me as angry as uh, as some of this other stuff because it's so fucking funny. Especially Jack Dorsey, man. Like, Jack Dorsey just wanted to give people a stupid little <laughs> website where they could tweet their passing thoughts so he could get money to buy ecstasy and now he's like <laughs> deciding yeah. whether or not the 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 <laughs> the inching towards fascist dictator of the united states can post shoot to kill orders on his fucking website like yeah like he's so out of his depth they're all so out Twitter of his went depth. weird when he grew that beard that he has now i feel like that's when stuff went south it's the beard it's 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 jack's depression beard is, is when we all realized oh <laughs> yeah. shit we are we are actually screwed these guys don't know what they're doing that's the thing i think about the um the Zuckerberg one as well is really interesting. Like a year before Cambridge Analytica came out, Zuckerberg wrote this like fucking crazy manifesto mm-hmm. when he was considering a presidential run. Like Zuckerberg definitely yeah. wanted to run for president. Remember um, that? He probably won't do it. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> that no, uh, the Cambridge Analytica stuff has probably tanked him. Um, but he wrote this crazy manifesto, which was about like 
bringing Facebook and connectivity to every sphere of life, including electoral politics, right? Like he wanted, you know, I guess people to vote through Facebook. It was all super vague, right? As all personal manifestos. Are. By the way, if you're not a political party, you shouldn't have a manifesto. Like all guys with manifestos are either people trying yeah. to take over the world or school shooters of one variety yeah, or another. Extremely like, weird. Extremely weird thing to do. <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's the PDF you leave on your computer before you go commit some horrendous act. <laughs> I um, said it's a PDF. That you but, took the effort to export it. <laughs> oh, he's considering Word yeah, document. Yeah, you know, or an EPUB for, a, yeah, I mean, useless. Um, but yeah, that's what he wants. He wants Facebook to subsume and absorb and resemble the face of creation, right? And what? we Now we fucking question this guy's yeah. authority. Now he's already got that power. It's, it's crazy. It's just the... It's, um, what sucks as well is that he has the same beats and sensibilities of, like, I think regular leaders or regular rulers in a way that he's he'll yeah, allow this hate yeah. speech like that's part of the discourse or whatever uh mm. not mm. discerning the danger even in the most extreme obvious forms and this isn't obviously it's not the yeah. first time and in a lot extreme hateful things but this is clearly the most yeah. direct incitement no, it's just it, it he doesn't believe what he's saying about that i mean he's and and he's he's pandered to the left before and said he's willing to take things down because of hate. I mean, like, he, he, you know, he'll say whatever. He'll say anything in whatever room he's in. And he's saying this now because he does, he's he's scared of mm-hmm. um, the president, which yeah. is cowardice more than anything else. Um, okay, right. Do you want to talk about uh, lighter yes, fare that may possibly on, get us more angry? Let's... So there are two. Um, so in, in if, if you're like me and you check Instagram or Twitter about every five minutes, you'll know there's a big conversation about how can I speak out on racial issues? How can I do the right thing? Um, Mr. David Guetta, oh, DJ fame, yes. um, had, did, never asked any of these questions, but he felt <laughs> he had the right way of doing it. He told um, in a video, in. Holy shit. In a, di- in a video uh, of a DJ set that he was doing, he remixed uh, a Martin, various Martin Luther King quotes Fuck and me. gave a, sh- in his words, a shout out <laughs> To Floyd George's uh, family before the beat drop is in honor of George Floyd, and I really hope we can see more unity and more peace when already things are so difficult. So, shout out to his family. teenagers ask DJs for, right? That thing where they go, it's Claire's birthday, can you give her a shout out? That's what he gave, that's what he thought, and it's just, it reaffirms the feeling that DJs should not have opinions, they should never talk. Absolutely, absolutely. Diplo said I'm pretty sure, and you just, I think it's because if you're a person whose whole career, you make, you know, a lot of money telling people to jump, and then they jump (laughs) in their thousands, (laughs) I don't think you can. I think you think you're untouchable. It's like I, I, I. They did it. I can't get anything wrong ever. Oh I my can fix god! Racism. You're so right. Like, and he's just so. We we make DJs. We make DJs into like like 
you know, emperors commanding coliseums. They're yeah, like, that's... I told them, I said, let's fucking lose it. And they fucking lost <laughs> it. I am a god. I, I, I mold the minds of these thousands no, of people. I, I, they weren't on anything. They just liked the music. They didn't take <laughs> yeah, anything. They just, they're just having loads of fun. They just happened um, to be sweaty because they were jumping. They just... it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, the other thing I noticed about it is that, yeah, so like the funny thing about DJs is, as you say, is they're all like... <laughs> They alternate between being guys who, you know, like play tracks with with minor changes, you know, like speeding up Wonderwall to 125 <laughs> times speed. I mean, that really is 90% of their trade. Um, but then the other, what they do with the rest of their time is they kind of act like town criers. They like, they pause the music that we're all here to hear and they inject little things well you know like, how it goes times change it's not enough to just have a bell as a town cry you need a whole setup <laughs> man you need a DJ. You need a whole thing you need the rims yeah hear ye hear ye <laughs> it um the king aside another son <laughs> i'd, I'd like to stay angry a little bit longer because it's just so fucking there's so many it's so nothing to him in his mind like he just thinks yeah. like a, a another thing to sample that I'll put out that will be enough to show my like fucking. You just don't have any respect for what's actually going on, or for the people genuinely going disgusting out and doing yeah. stuff. Like you know, you have yeah. someone like John Boyega, sort of not mincing words, coming up against mm. some of the evilest Star Wars, some of the most racist fans in the world, Star Wars fans, and doing it with grace and courage and saying and and and, and knowledge for David Guetta thinking what he's doing the same thing. It's crazy, by, yeah. By yeah. just posting this remix, it's just it's Martin just... Luther King, whose actual words, Getta is using, the way, you know, that he'd use a fucking pop track from ten years ago that we've all forgotten uh, as a sample. I mean, it's insane. And then and bounces around to it, bounces around to it like a little twat. Mm. But also, this is a guy who said Those... that he was the one who brought Dancehall yeah. to America. Fucking just shitting on the history and efforts of black artists and black DJs who made Dancehall what it is. Yeah. That you ripped off, essentially. And you and to, to round up this bit, and this has gone on way longer than we usually do. Hang on, before you, things, before you round off, can I just make a very deserving. frivolous comment? Because uh, I think what you're going to say is going to be sure. good. <laughs> it yeah. cracked me up because I had forgotten this, but I've noticed this before. <laughs> Is what a weird fucking voice David Guetta has. (laughs) Is that, there is much anger in the world. And it's so high pitched. And it's like, it's not a French accent. That is, that's not French. That isn't French. Yeah. Lot of problem in the world. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I think the the dissonance of white Europeans trying to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely that. Black American issues. And I'm not saying we're doing a much and he better says, job. And, I'm just saying I'm not releasing yeah, MLK exactly. remakes. Yeah, we're not claiming to, to stand in that fucking tradition. But just to, to round off what we're saying, a lot of it is just with performativity. And on a scale, I feel like as you see it on a scale of, of... It feels like the violence of the police, the police response is so much more violent than, than the years I've seen, it feels. That, yeah, that it's in, gotten in worse. It's visibly escalating, I think. With Ferguson. Um, the... The, and you see and also the performativity has yeah. gone up the, the people people now i guess have realized it's terrible for branding and think someone like david getter could do exactly could could donate a yeah. lot of money to help to fund those things and i don't know if he has maybe he has 
<laughs> I don't. I doubt it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, do, I don't. <laughs> Until I see the receipts. Yeah. Um, but I just, it's, it's the same. We just have to champion the phrase that's been going around, which is just open yeah, your purses yeah. to, to these give money. people. It's what we said during the fucking, just give the money. Yeah, shut up. Give, sh- and shut <laughs> up. Yeah. It's, um, and I just, you know, before we move forward, just like God bless all the protesters yeah. in just across America. God Solidarity. bless all the, all the people funding. Do donate. Please donate and spread awareness where you can. Don't do the challenge. Don't do the keep the chain going Instagram oh, challenge fuck that. where it's like Jesus. ten people tag. Don't no. do that. Just post. Just be direct. Share links. Donate. Just de- just have have a second thought. This isn't. It's not. An... And if you know anyone, you know, like look 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 after each other and make sure that you're staying safe. Um, mm, if you're going out yeah, or even if you're um, not. But yeah, um, of course, Black Lives Matter. I think it's mattered more than this. This this protest in particular has never mattered more. It's never been. I I know I've just been anxious about it the whole time. Um, in keeping kind of with yeah. the tone in a way, we wanted. I wanted to look at someone who I think has done a lot. Um, famously, has done a lot for for civil rights and protesting in Vietnam. And it is the wonderful, the fabulous Eartha Kitt, um, everyone's oh, favorite Catwoman. Uh, so we wanted to. I wanted to talk about using celebrity in in cool ways. I mean, holy shit! Eartha May Keith was born in January 1927 onto a cotton plantation in South Carolina to a white father and a Cherokee African mother. Um, in her later career, she was called the most exciting woman in the world by Orson Welles, um, and she was sort of had she was she she's i mean she's fucking she's had a hard life like from start to finish this is some pretty yeah, no kidding so she was sort of kicked out by her mum because her she wanted to remarry she never really knew her father um she didn't know her father's name for years and then we'll get on to that later and she never knew her mm-hmm. own age for years either because she never had a birth certificate they got rid of her. oh my god um but she was moved so she moved out um where she was sort of kicked out and she was taken in by someone called uh, uh, an Aunt Rosa who I don't know was an actual relation but it turned out she was kind of put into a workhouse and made to work sort of different things for her keep um, until she got a scholarship at the Catherine Dun- Dunham Company which is a dance and performance company mm-hmm. the story of that she tells I will say it was an, it was, it's an absolute pleasure to to research this because the way she speaks is just incredible she's oh my an incredible God. storyteller watch those um, youtube videos man those are some some worthwhile binging absolutely oh my goodness um so someone said to her on the street that she asked her for directions so kit asked when she was 17 years old here she says i asked her why she was going because no one our age wore makeup back then kit later said she said it wasn't for her it was for Catherine dunham and my mind just went click uh, the Catherine Dunham Company was world famous. It's, it's exclusively black dancers appearing regularly on Broadway and in films. Kit, who had loved performing at school, told the girl, if you can take me to meet her, I'll take you to the shop. She agreed, and the next day Kit went with her to audition and was given a scholarship on the spot. Jesus um, Christ. So talk about fucking every opportunity to network, honestly. Like, it's just... <laughs> Wait, where are you... <laughs> Can you show me directions <laughs> to it? Where are you going? Why? Who do you know? Who do you know? You have to take me there. <laughs> yeah, I will yeah, not yeah. tell you unless you take me there. That owns, man. Using what little leverage <laughs> yeah, you have. Every move's a business move. Um, and so she toured with this company across South America and Europe. And in 1950, she started mm-hmm. this review at a place called Carol's, a known lesbian club, uh, where she found, in her words, this sort of animalistic and natural way of performing 
And in the Parisian papers, it said it was the most exciting thing to happen to Paris in 25 years. And in her words, and I think that's because I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she performed there in this review, performing many of her now known hits. She did versions of Santa Baby, um, I Want to Be Mm -hmm. Evil, uh, these sort of hits that, that became sort of iconic now performances yeah she worked out those like performance yeah um, and also she did time. the clubs she paid her yeah dues. yeah yeah <laughs> she's not like these youtubers man just getting on the stage late <laughs> <laughs> she, she fucking worked man she was <laughs> at this time she, as well this is where orson up. wells floated into the room like a ghost <laughs> <laughs> as and, he does in all old hollywood stories and saw her perform uh, and cast her as Helen of Troy in this version of the, of the thing he was putting on. And this is when they started dating. Sick. Um, and, and he kind of... But so, uh, in her words, Wait, her they actually, dated? I think briefly. It seems like they dated. Or he just gave... Or he simped her. It's hard to tell. Uh, <laughs> every, uh, every... Orson Welles is very, very much a moving target sexually. <laughs> he tried to look <laughs> into his history. And, uh, and the theme of... Long held a flame for stroke, just simped. It just never Some worked out woman for old Wells. Yeah. Again and again. <laughs> so, well, in this case, so I'm pretty sure he simped Hemingway. I can't tell. Okay, I don't want to slander. I mean, from reports, uh, everyone simped Hemingway, Wells. right? Like, this uh, is true. For whom the bell simps. After rehearsing all night, Orson would walk me up the Champs Elysees to my hotel with the sun coming up. We would look at the sights, window shop, and he would recite Shakespeare to me. What? Uh, I kind of love it. I was like, give me. It's like, no, you know. <laughs> Sorry, go and finish the so, story. Uh, Kit, who had had an affair with the millionaire playboy Portfira Ruberosa, who called her Fire and Ice, recalled the fabulous lunches Wells would buy her. Orson really introduced me to a marvelous gourmet type of living. Him and Ruberosa. I tell you, I was absolutely spoiled by the best kind of men. Simped. She was simped a lot. I was absolutely simped. Yeah, donated huge amounts to her OnlyFans. <laughs> um, he really spoiled me. He would copy in paragraphs of Shakespeare quotes. Now, obviously, I am the person with the biggest weakness for that kind of story. Mm. But I felt the need, on behalf of the pretentious white guy community, to flame Orson Welles. Yeah, she, um, she, she. <laughs> you liked the thing, therefore. This I from must previous tear it uh, listeners to the pod will know that. Uh, Orson Welles appears to enjoy life primarily through the lens of food and, and wine. And like, so yeah. the, the Orson send more red Wells was really showing, but that's a great thing mm. for, for like, that's how I would want to be simped, you know? Uh, oh you yeah. Know, like Kit knows what she's doing. Sure. Yeah. Also, every time um, I've heard, I'm sure we'll get onto these quotes, but every time I've heard Eartha Kit describe a man, um, mm-hmm. it has that exact same tone <laughs> where it's like, extremely flattering and then you kind of read between the lines and you're like this guy didn't touch you like you you, you fully just let him just just took him for a ride and god bless you just good for you with your to that point uh there's this famous clip of her that's that's done the rounds uh Mm -hmm. i think i know her own relationships where she says a man comes into my life and i have to compromise for what? For what? And she says it with the most intention, and oh, I love it so much. She laughs fuck. so hard. The guy asks her, like, would you compromise? And she just cackles evilly. It's amazing. She has a cackle, man. The cackle? <laughs> <laughs> a 
man comes into my life and you have to compromise, for what? For what? For what? From this, you know, because of all her simps, she garnered this uh, image of a uh, of a gold digger, especially when uh, the song Santa Baby, famously making Santa fuckable, was one mm-hmm. of her big hits. See, she simped for Santa. So, this is the thing. Is that, uh, is that there was... She's holding out for one man. There's one okay. man who <laughs> never comes, never comes back. I always for leave. Daddy Christmas. So, in her, but in her words, she says, I don't sing naughty songs. Innocence is one of the most exciting things in the world. When I sing something like I want to be evil, I'm not trying to indicate an adult evil. It's a little girl mischief, like going out and throwing stones at windows. I want to go to the devil. I want to be evil. I want to spit tax. I want to be evil and cheat at I want to be um, And I kind of just wanted to briefly take a moment Good to be... Because she's got this... They talk a lot about her sex kitten image. And, and no doubt she was sort of like exploratory and suggestive and, and sort of owned her sexuality mm-hmm, and sexuality. Mm-hmm. But she also has this real sort of soulfulness that she talks about a lot of things that I, 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 mm-hmm. I would like to grant her with. Um yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that that's like that's a big thing with this kind of people have talked about this a lot, but she she everything I've seen of her, she seems like kind of the best example of this mm-hmm. is like women in in that position in Hollywood were expected yet yeah, to play these roles as mm-hmm. you say kittenish and kind of, you know, yielding and kind of, you know, lead men on but never let them get too close to kind of preserve that sort of female purity thing. And that's kind of a problematic position to put women in. But it it's kind of a contradiction that can't hold because the performance is incredible, right? This is the most talented person you've ever seen. Like, yeah. And they're turning all that talent towards a sort of a, a fraught thing. Mm. But at the same time, what they're doing is phenomenal. I mm. mean, like, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And frankly, it's much better than Orson Welles belching through Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drunk yeah. out of his mind at 4 a.m. I just think it's the classic thing of, 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 of women in particular have, or women performers are on a level that men just can't comprehend because they're too horny and they simp too hard yeah. and they just can't. They, they'll try and limit it <laughs> to a sex kittenish thing and it's like no what i'm what i'm about is so much more it's so there's so yeah much yeah more. yeah confining it to that okay. role yeah um, yeah just to go to, to give credit to what you're saying about her performance uh so on in 1952 a new york times critic called brooks atkinson stated that eartha kit not only looks incendiary but she can make a song burst into flame that's wicked um, so since across the board and uh, <laughs> as every sex kitten eventually gets cast as she became in the third season of Adam West Batman, Catwoman. Yeah, there um, we go. She grew up. Yeah, so she was cast as the third in, in the f- third and final series. Unfortunately, because it's the fucking 1960s, she w- couldn't have a relationship with Adam West Batman, unlike the previous white Catwoman, uh, that was pushed away because they couldn't show that on TV. Cause would, have, just... would have caused riots, as it occasionally yeah. did. Holy shit. Well, I have a question for you. So uh, so the other change that's quite a bit more, a bit lighter, was that Earth's Catwoman drove around in the kitty car. Uh, the former Catwoman had uh, the less impressive Catalact. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think, oh, I like to think so whoever so titled it, the script writer was like, I already did Catalact and you want a new fucking car name? No, it's you the kitty another car. One? Kitty, the car. kitty there car, there you go. Okay? There you go. There's your second draft. Why yeah. can't she drive the Cadillac? I don't know. What, racial politics? Fuck you. You're getting kitty car. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and at the same time as well in her career, she became huge friends with, with James Dean. 
uh, oh, oh, hell first yeah. met James Dean at the Sylvia Forte Dance Studios in the early 1950s. They would later take classes at the Catherine Dunham Studios where she got the scholarship. Uh, mm. In um, A lot of people thought they had a relationship. It's very muddied. No one's sure. Uh, the James Dean biographer Val Holly writes that there developed what Kit said was an unusually clairvoyant, trusting, spiritual relationship. Uh, so it was said, quote, they would often be seen roaming around New York in silence together. Uh, she said, but each knew what the other was thinking. Kit was one of the most frequent recipients of Dean's infamous middle-of-the-night telephone calls, and she indulged him in the habits. Um, uh, Kit, on, on the subject, said, her relationship with James Dean was another one the press assumed was romantic, but they were just dear friends as well. Uh, she called him Jamie, and she was very protective of him. She could sense his vulnerability, and they shared a kinship. His death was something she did not really get over. That was her daughter, who is also called Kit. Um, yeah, okay, so I guess presumably James Dean, who was almost certainly closeted gay his whole life, right? Like He was known to be bisexual. He was, he was believed oh, was he bisexual? bisexual? Okay. Yeah. Well, because that's what I was going to say, is I don't, I don't want to m- misreport a story, but I'm pretty sure she... Cl- the story I've heard about that, which I know you've heard as well, I'm pretty sure, is that... <laughs> the wide eyes of Glee is the the famous three-way between yes her, i was gonna James get onto this paul newman oh yes it, you know what's amazing this is for the listener i'm so sorry it is so mythologized we don't have concrete evidence that paul newman oh, and Eartha Kitt you and bastard James Dean, how dare you threesome, but just go with us i hold out belief there was a report in a biography that was slandered saying that there was wasn't possible but um in response when asked about it Eartha Kitt herself said i had both of them now after that like, that afternoon, and I came to the conclusion that white boys are so delicious. Fuck <laughs> yes! <laughs> I hope. Oh. I hope she. Oh, we hope it for you. We hope it for you. So I, I, I have heard biographical details about Paul Newman that made me think that maybe mm. he was also bisexual. I don't know. I don't want to say that if it isn't true. You just um, want to hope, you know, three... You just want to hope for that so much. Eartha, come they, on. They all deserve it. They all deserve it. Get They're railed. all such heroes. <laughs> they all deserve <laughs> yeah, some... Yeah. They all deserve that. Every every every, yeah, every iconic cool Hollywood well, character yeah. deserves to fuck. And they did, Exactly. Put them all in a room. That's what, that's <laughs> what all shows watch. are. <laughs> 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 um, so... Um, this is where th- this is where we get on to the uh, infamous uh, White House incident. Oh so, yeah. Uh, so for context, this is in. We jump forward a bit to nineteen May nineteen sixty seven, uh, where Kit had testified before Congress along with Washington D.C. youth group Rebel with the Cause on behalf of President Lyndon B. Johnson's juvenile delinquency bill. And yeah, you <laughs> it's a bit on the nose. Uh, <laughs> Um, Rebel but, with a call. Uh, the January of the following year, in 1968, Earth Kit was invited to the Women's Doers Luncheon with President Lyndon Johnson and Lady Bird Johnson. Her actual name. Her actual... Listen, everyone, 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 close your eyes, lie down on the floor. Her actual name was Lady Bird, the President of the United States. Who, oh, by the way, his name, Lindard... Lyndon? Lindor, <laughs> the Lindor Bunny Johnson. His actual name, Lyndon Baines Johnson, right? The man has like the name of a prospector from 1812, and his yeah. wife is called Lady. What the fuck? Um, a bit of context for this, because Lyndon B. Johnson's yes, the most presidency is, is talked about historically as 
full of contradictions. So he he pushed through a lot of. Yeah, it's almost the first, and this is a take I'm workshopping. Okay, here we go. Brain. Right, everyone, get ready for thinking Dan's about is another take. term for that. <laughs> um, I think this was. Um, yeah, go on. This is the first time we've seen kind of a neoliberalism mm. in politics mm. because you have him. You know, he put through the 1965 Voting Rights Act, the Fair Housing Act of 1968, and the Higher Education Act of, of, of 1965. Very progressive no. policies. But in his private life, in offices mm-hmm. and things, he was just throwing brutal slurs, say, calling the black employees of the White House furniture yep. and, and horrific Telling stuff, one I black guess. employee that they would assume you've seen this quote in your research that he would never use his name yeah. and that no one will ever use yeah. his name. Um yeah, absolutely. I don't know about new- neoliberalism. Is a good modern point. A word, I don't I think to to cover it. Um, no, it it is. But here's your absolute. Here's what you're absolutely right about. It's the first time. Um, so the the I guess this is good background to what we're talking about. So just go through this very quickly. I'm sure many of you have heard mm-hmm. this before. But remember that the JFK uh, and Johnson, who became president after he was shot. Um, democratic presidents were totally totally waffled on civil rights right they were to- they, you know they were they were kind of say they were for it and then they were kind of say they were against lyndon johnson when he was in the spenant spent years stonewalling civil rights legislation president eisenhower tried to get mm-hmm. it through and he helped block it johnson is jo- i mean johnson is the most fascinating piece of garbage <laughs> character from american political history yeah. i mean he's totally like everyone's talked about this he's a comp- but you know amazing at all this kind of backroom maneuvering yeah. and lobbying and th- they they Refused to meaningfully pass civil rights and only intervene uh-huh. uh, uh, every now and again until huge protests that eventually erupted into riots mm. over the course of the 60s, and particularly in 1963, particularly the Birmingham campaign for Martin Luther King, Absolutely. but a whole bunch of other stuff as well, mm-hmm. flared and forced to their hand, right? And so Kennedy began uh, drafting, uh, getting uh, civil rights legislation drafted. Um, that he was unable to see passed. Then in 1964, uh, Johnson got it through uh, both houses, used all that backroom maneuvering that he'd done before mm-hmm. to finally push it through, right? And this is seen as Johnson's great redemption arc now yeah. in terms of history. Um, and, and so what it is, you're right, it's not, the, it's not the first neoliberal thing, but it's the first time that the Democrats seriously take the stance of re- racial egalitarianism in their politics, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, and and shift their but that contradiction within their within the fundamental structures of their party that they refuse to fully go to the left that they refuse to endorse the wider sweeping measures um, that should be done uh, remains present and so it's course, it's a different of kind of tension Sorry, I, I... but he exemplifies that tension he spent you no but you you are right he spent years and was clearly privately a racist and spent years stonewalling uh, civil rights legislation and then. He does a very important thing, and it was it was very good. But I mean, to be clear, taking the country out of segregation, I mean, it, it is a low bar that history has set. Yeah, literally, him, right? Yeah. That he then succeeds, and then gets endless credit despite the the years he spent doing that. So it's it's mm. the same kind of tension within the Democrats, and it's where that's where the tension is born, yeah. right? Yeah. To make it relevant, anyway, um, carry on. So that's the backdrop for that. I just thought it was important to include that. Um, with yeah. This, when you when you've got and in the way Eartha Kitt talks about it, she was definitely requested. They were called a bunch of times. They really mm-hmm. wanted her to come and speak. They wanted her there. Um, and she's a hot ticket. And so the dinner goes on, and it's a bit 
in 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 my words, but basically the sentiment, it's very wishy washy. Like you know, apparently there was someone talking about planting yeah. trees on on the streets to make them look nicer. <laughs> The generic fucking bullshit policy you come up when you got to plant trees. Everyone likes trees, right? Bushes, hedges. So she's in this wishy-washy sort of very white environment. She's hearing all these different stories, and apparently she says she raised her hand to respond to each of what the people said, but was told that that we'll we'll you'll have your chance in a moment. So she gets her chance, um, and she said apparently in her words, I think this was to this was in a Q and A afterwards. But something to this effect was said. She said, The children of America are not rebelling for no reason. They are not hippies for no reason at all. We don't have what we have on Sunset Boulevard for no reason. They are rebelling against something. There are so many things burning the people of this country, particularly mothers. They feel they're going to raise sons. And I, and I know what it's like. And you have children of your own, Mrs. Johnson. We raise children and send them to war. Um, so she says all this and basically says, you know, kids don't want to go to vietnam they're smoke she said it later in a later interview i watched she said they, they are smoking they're smoking weed to because they want to go to sleep they don't want <laughs> because the, the pressures of yeah. the world are so bad yeah. right now in vietnam especially for black youth being sent away mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's a documented thing they would come back and just get no no recompense mm-hmm. for for believing the lie that this was a yeah. good war and that they were fighting a good fight um and in response to this um jesus christ blacklisted and and the car that she arrives in is doesn't come to take her away she has to get a cab home she like walks through and she's put on a cia dossier and she gets a call later from a guy called seymour hirsch from the times who calls her yeah seymour hirsch to get a request to print her name print the cia dossier with her name on it uh that called her a a sadistic nymphomaniac Um, oh that is such a good business card. Holy shit, that <laughs> There is stuff about, like, she wish she got it framed and things. Because um, apparently in the thing, because 75% of the women in that room worked for Johnson's government. Their husbands, sorry. They Jesus worked for the government. Jesus Christ. So they, they, yeah, they were like... See how they really felt. The it wives was this off. fucking... It was just this ridiculous, like, pampering but that's amazing, right? policy. And then, so she... But, sorry, um, yeah, you know, you go. Actually, I'll get on to what happened next, yeah. No, but that's just that really is. I'm not going to go on a whole. I'm not going to go on a whole thing. But that really is super relevant because it's exactly the antithesis of what we're hearing now, which is that from from the Democratic Party, which is that you know, uh, you know, people in the rights need to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to be heard. You know, we need to listen to like you know, they have a voice. In, as opposed to no, they're mm-hmm. rising for like a reason, right? There's like specific things here. It's it's not it's not merely that we need to recognize uh, and offer mm-hmm. generic support. Uh, and good favor and um it's the exact opposite of what i think a lot of bad you know i'm not going to tell everyone mm-hmm. how to use their platform or anything and particularly not like black americans but like the idea that you know this is lyndon johnson the great hero of civil rights blah blah blah, blah. And, you, know, you don't you don't get to mm-hmm. take black support for granted like fucking joe biden saying you're not black if you don't vote well, for um, me just to carry on with, so um in again in her words i feel like that that sort of it took 25 years until she got a kind of vindication from that um, and she said, it was not a point of getting up and ranting and raving. I was talking to her as I'm talking to you. They do not realize how much anger there is among the American people. Um, when they couldn't find anything on you, they just deface you and make you a very unpopular name in the mind of the public. And nothing's changed. If they want to get rid of you, they'll find a way to get rid of you. Um, and she said, we fought a war about things like this. We shouldn't be afraid of our government. Um, 
what was I going to do? Apologize, which they wanted me to do. The news media wanted me to do that. And I said, I, th- I think they should apologize to the American people because they know we shouldn't be involved in that war. Um, and as you say, it's very, you know, kind of the reason a lot of what she talks about was, was true of today. There's, there's the, the, the fault is not on the side of the protesters in this. It's on the side of a, an institution, Absolutely. a government that's con- consistently yeah. let down and targeted as well and the thing of them knowing the scariest part about this is how quickly they they flip the switch because she talks about it like it was crazy that something like this happened in in 1967 that she was blacklisted like that but they do just have those government powers yeah they, yeah, they yeah, can yeah just mask off do it and i think that's sort of what we've seen recently as well well that's a common theme of that era as well and and when documents from the current era are declassified you probably see the same thing, which is, yeah, that tons of those, tons of entertainers, tons of writers and celebrities, James Baldwin and people like that were, were uh, uh, mm-hmm. heavily monitored by the, the CIA and the FBI um, for fear of radical action. But then sometimes I think, you know, that maybe that radical edge has been bled out a little bit. I don't know how many, I don't know how many celebrities these days would like tell off a Democrat president you know like i don't know maybe maybe, maybe that's not but that's i mean that that is so, the president's that is so ball or something. yeah like go to the white house and kick off you know and not just at like someone as uh obviously malicious as trump but you know a more complicated but nonetheless bad figure like johnson or something and, you know? so just to, in, in it's interesting you mentioned some of those other because there was people like muhammad ali who were also openly protesting the war in vietnam uh, but they were considered that was considered protest at the time. There was a weird gender politics. So mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll just quote the, so Sarah J. Jackson, who was author of black celebrity, racial politics and the press said, mm-hmm. even somebody like Martin Luther King was actually falling out of favor by 1968 because Martin Luther King had critiqued the Vietnam war and had critiqued colonialism and had critiqued capitalism. The Absolutely. big trifecta. Um, <laughs> the, um, so she goes on to say, the public missed an opportunity to hear the creep that she, Eartha Kitt, was leveling and weigh it. They didn't fit the mold of what an activist looks like. And so often these stories didn't get told. Eartha Kitt's story didn't get told by journalists as a form of activism. It got told as this sort of like interpersonal gendered conflict instead. And it's such a fucking Jesus, patronizing yeah. tactic, isn't it? It's just like, oh, that was just Yeah, exactly. It was a women's oh, luncheon, and she got a little... She was having a wandering womb, and she, and yeah. she <laughs> leveled a critique against our empire. She got, the, oh, she got those is... female sweats, you know, that happened, the rushes. <laughs> um, and also, I just want to say this last this is the last quote from Eartha Quit. Uh, Eartha Quit. No, she didn't Eartha Quit. Eartha <laughs> 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 Don't very Quit. Eartha Quit quote, uh, where she says, you don't respond about to something like being blacklisted you say absolutely nothing you laugh it off and go to europe where i was more popular anyway <laughs> <laughs> yes Plessa, man. Stay petty. I... that's so cool um, that absolutely owns yeah so I've got more friends at this other party okay yeah literally so she goes to europe uh and she performs uh, she in london oh, she actually did it that wasn't just a quip yeah she she left she couldn't get any work in america <laughs> Um, oh, it was just a line like, go to Europe, buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> get 12 roommates. And then you know, she did. Of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she um, she doesn't return to America till 1978 with a Broadway run of Timbuktu. Um, but in between that, she has Broadway performance. She becomes basically a, a West End star. Uh, she performs in Sometimes yeah. Follies. She performs on a The Good Old Days, a BBC variety show. 
And in her later years, so she goes on to play the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz, which, oh my God. And as the fairy godmother in a version of Cinderella, I read both of those casts and I was like, oh my God, that would be <laughs> absolutely kill to see that. That shit must whip. Um, yeah, and oh my, God. my favorite role that she's played uh, in The Emperor's New Groove as the villain, the, the older lady villain. Because that performance carries through the fucking screen. I didn't know who Eartha Kitt was, but I remember being oh, like, yeah. this is really good, like, as a child. Like, you know, like, you you know. So good. The humor of that. There's an the immediacy to that kind of performance, I think, that really stands test of time. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but I think it's... it's um, I'm just going to... There's one last thing I want to talk about. I mentioned Eartha Kitt's father, um, and I know this is kind of... I wanted a diff- to talk about just a yeah. different side because she's often historically considered this amazing badass woman and i think she totally is i think she totally lived this in passionate uh powerful life mm-hmm. but i do want to mention this other thing so basically in 1997 she's invited to give a talk at benedict college at columbia university and someone asks about her parents uh, and she tells them that she's been trying to find her birth certificate since the 50s but to no avail but if someone could help that'd be great Lo and behold, someone did. Someone was able to contact them. They, uh, she, before that, she never found out her father's name, but always assumed he was white because she's, uh, you know, mixed race. My mother was referred to, uh, was re- my mother referred to me as a as a yellow gal, which was not a compliment. It meant someone who thought they were better than everybody else. Even though my even this is Eartha Kitt's daughter talking about her mum. Sorry, even though my mother was just a child at the time, she was horribly abused in the south. She was beaten, mistreated emotionally and physically. Um. We, so when they find out the news of the, the birth certificate, uh, she goes on to say, we had to get a lawyer and petition the court to get the records opened. And this took about six to seven months. We flew down to see the records, but were allowed just 15 minutes. She was very nervous and outside the judge's chamber, she went quiet. She was visibly nervous about what she was going to see. I knew the signs because before she went on stage, she was always terrified. It was a female judge who stepped aside while we read the records on her desk. Her, the father's name was blacked out. My mother shed a few tears, and then the fifteen minutes was up. So, Jesus. Um, I I think the suggestion was, and the belief is, sometimes it's sensationalized that her father was maybe was a man of status, a white yeah. man of status in the time, and disavowed this family because she was dirt poor. And I guess I bring it up because I just think it's so. Um, it was really shocking knowing that. The protection ran that deep, I guess, mm. that after all these years mm. it was still blacked out. Like there was still, and I don't know if that's just left over. Yeah, but like just the, it's a heartbreaking like dead end. Yeah, and like, and a kind of like with the story of her. But I mean, everybody said this, and it's an insane thing. But it's true mm. now, um, but it's particularly true in like the twentieth century. The kind of you know, so she what she gets a scholarship to it to an all black performing college, right? For like for the black girls who would do like backup dancing and like you know, which is a uh-huh. cultural thing. So black people are kept down incredibly, but there's this cultural space that they're afforded. And so you get these people, yeah, she grew you know, born in a plantation, comes to her, her father quite possibly disavowed her because yeah. because uh, of his race. And then she rockets to fame. But that dissonance remains there forever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The name is still blacked yeah. out. She still come from this in, I think you I, know, and, and, from this incredibly deprived background. And sorry, I think I think Kit Shapiro says it best in an interview with the Observer. She says, My mother was seventy one at the time and I was approaching the twenty first century and yet they were still protecting the name of the father, even though he was clearly dead. 
They were protecting the white man because they would not have gone to the trouble to protect a black man. The court still held it as illegal to withhold documentation. Uh, my mother assumed it was their dirty little secret. Jesus. So, I mean, she never knew how old she was. She wasn't afforded that till she was like way later. Like in her life, she didn't know how it's old incredible. she was. She didn't know yeah. who her father was. Yeah, exactly. Was. This just kind of like. And I, I and um, just to finish, the, just to wrap up, she died of colon cancer on Christmas Day, two thousand and eight. Um, Jesus, two thousand. I do think it's quite a glamorous diva thing to do to die on Christmas Day. I think that's quite elegant. <laughs> that's. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, everybody's already here. Everybody's already dressed yeah. up. And <laughs> just know? the last thing I'll say about Kit Shapiro. Is that it seems like Eartha Kitt had a sort of second wind with her daughter and she felt that there's, there's talk of her having this sort of uh, what she describes as a kind of toughness, but like that she had felt like love yeah. and acceptance through her daughter. So I don't, because that is a heavy, there was a lot of heavy stuff we talked about to do with, with race and identity and things there. But I, I she did have joy in her life and she did have um, love as well. That's very, um, that's amazing. That's it. very sweet. No, I think that's really <laughs> nice. No, I don't shut up. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, but that was Eartha Kit. That was the incredible Eartha Kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an amazing life story. It's really good. Absolutely. Easily, I think, the most glowing uh, yeah, portrait usually... we've ever uh, given anyone. I think we're both, we've both watched clips of these before. I think it's mm. like completely I think, yeah. in awe. Um, of that kind of ability and of that huge personality and of that, like, I guess the thing for me really is that, that like, you know, we, we've t- we talked at the start about like kind of irritating, uh, self-aggrandizing celebrity action, but there is, yeah. it takes fucking metal yeah. to take a cab home from the white house to tell the president mm. off in the white house. People go there and they crumble, you know, people get people, uh, they're all there radicalism yeah and i'm sure no this way. would happen to yeah. me holy shit would this ever happen to me if i got to meet any president probably even including the current shitty one mm. the, the you know the weight and import of the office breaker down and she, i love the, the un- way she phrases it i'm uh, just like they asked me to say what i thought word? i'm gonna say it like i'm not <laughs> They talk to me. They can talk about the trees all they yeah. fucking want. I'm gonna say, yeah, plant, plant trees get out of fucking Vietnam. <laughs> you know the, yeah, yeah, get out of Vietnam. You know we're annoyed about the war, right? That's the mm. other thing. That's a classic thing. Like that, this this belief on the part of the powerful mm. that the rage of the rage against them is just nebulous and vague, right? Why are they angry? Why are they angry? And she's like, the, when you know, we're angry about the yeah. war, <laughs> the criminal and it was war. A, and, that's but, going and she on. and they and she lost, they lost face, so they had to fucking kick her out of the country and make sure no one worked with her again. Yeah, Ex- yeah, exactly. Like you know, mobilize the apparatus of the security state because being told off in that way is is that yeah. humiliating for fucking Johnson. Amazing. Um, I guess I, I I wanted to talk about kind of because the big the big talk right now is that or the big criticism of these of the of the Black Lives Matter protests happening now is that they're being too violent or that they're you know looting and doing you know illegal things quote unquote but the, the stuff like Eartha Kitt is obviously a very particular example of the hardship people have to suffer in order to do what's right against the state um yeah absolutely 
and, and, and it is what it takes. And I think we forget that. And I think yeah. it's just the anger is so justified. I just can't see it any other way other than completely like it's, it, we've, we've both seen this in our lifetime so many times. Exactly. Yeah. So and we've so obviously I, like incredibly lucky and, and sheltered from all of this. Um, yeah. In so many course. ways, but, but it's just so apparent. I think, yes. And, and, and that's what's necessary. And also, that that's always going to be criticized in the vociferous ways that it is now. And I, th I think that's evident from that quote from that you read from Sarah J. Jackson, who talked about, um, you know, the, all these huge figures like Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. Arthur Kitt, who were popular until they pushed it too far. Right. And if and if you mm. criticize, you know, if, if you don't accept that civil rights was enough. Right. And, you mm -hmm. know, if you if you demand uh more for the black community if you criticize capitalism if you criticize these vast imperial efforts if, if you refuse to be civil even those people mm -hmm. who are now hollowed were turned on right and so that that going that far and and being uh as aggressive and taking to the streets um and refusing to smile and nod when Johnson asks you about, yeah. isn't it good that we're going to plant so many trees to end racism? Yeah. Um, we'll always be met with this kind of criticism and it was, and it's happened before and it will happen again. And, um, yeah. you know, even people who are plaster saints now got no quarter in their day. So I think in a way, as mm -hmm. depressing as it is, I'm a little cheered up by that because you think these, these people, they did that. The fucking CIA did that to Eartha Kitt, right? The most charming mm. human being in the world. So of course they're going to do it to just ordinary people in the street. You will, you will yeah. get no deference from these people until you shut up. And yeah, they're not going to shut up. God bless them. So um, I think that there's some solace to be taken from that at least. Yeah, it's 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 a very powerful story, and for her to just yeah take it on. Um, so I think that'll just about do us. <laughs> Wow, I've really sweated light out on the comedy. All of my, uh, yeah, it was kind of. I hope. Uh, I'm sure some of it was fine. No, it, I mean, it, I want to apologize for not being funny, but I, I also am angry about a lot of this stuff and wanted to. Yeah, I, I've been saving. I haven't talked to anyone today, so I was saving up. How I feel oh, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, just it. been fermenting. And again, um, obviously, you know, we're very lucky. We're not. We're not directly subjected to this. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, um, we know some people who are fairly close to it. I think as well. So, like, you know, um, uh, I hope. Yeah, anyone out there involved is staying safe and yeah, that's look the after each other. Yeah. Um, so um, if if I'm gonna uh, include some links, uh, we're gonna find uh, find the the better links to be a bit more discerning in which you can donate to the bailout funds to the people in in, in Minnesota and across different states in America, um, and also maybe uh, I'm gonna uh, no, I will include petitions and uh, stuff for. Um, more british centered mm -hmm. ones as well yeah there's stuff you, you can know, do in the uk i don't know important uh, so we'll try and get both. i'm mm -hmm. not not entirely sure what our listenership is based up in i think it's maybe a mix of both so i'm not sure <laughs> um, mainly swedes uh and um, but we we hope you liked listening i think the other thing is we hope uh like love and love and solidarity to anyone who i i can only assume by the time this episode uh, goes out things will have gotten worse mm. um i i really worry that something several things or maybe some really very bad stuff may have happened since so i just hope yes. um that everyone yeah just for those future crimes that we just know are coming down the mm. line um i hope uh i hope everyone you know uh is okay
Fuck it, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say in the face of this stuff. There we go. Yeah, so I've been Daniel McKeown. <laughs> I'm Rory Kelly. Thanks for tuning in. All right, bye. Bye-bye.